Merry Christmas. Good to see everybody here. I just, it's so awesome waking up Christmas morning before I got married. I said, you know what? I always want to be at my house when my kids wake up in their pajamas and the fire's going and open presents and those things. So we've had that tradition for, I don't know, how old are you, 21 years or something like that? I mean, just a sense of a kid's waking up and being a part of the family and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, the other tradition is being with this family on uh, Christmas Eve night. Uh, thank you for showing up and celebrating Christmas together. I tell you, it's an honor and privilege to be with family tonight, opening up the word of God and also singing uh, praise to him. You know, when you look at the, the Christmas story, uh, it seems like an easily compile into a whole bunch of different stories. I mean, it's just like, okay, it's a Christmas story, but yeah, there's a lot of other stories that are just as similar. You know, they're just the same stories as is that. What's the difference between the Christmas story and the story of Christ and all the other stories in the world? What I want to do tonight is I just want to open up the, the Bible and I want to read the Christmas story. And after I read the Christmas story, it's got three different points that I just want to say. This is what's different than all the other stories in the world. There's a lot of things different, but I just want you to look at the three things that are different uh, tonight as we're looking into uh, this story of Christmas. So I'll start in Matthew, and then I'll also move into uh, to Luke as we read this Christmas story. Matthew 1, 18 through 25 says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be conceived and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and called him the name of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration of Cornelius, who was a governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was in the house in the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there's no room, no place for him in an inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping over the watch of the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel of the multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom 
he is pleased. Just looking at this story, breaking it up, what's the difference between this story and so many stories in our world? Number one, the Christmas story is not a fairy tale. It is God coming into history. With the story of Christmas or the story of Christ being wrapped up in all the other stories, it kind of, it kind of a, a, a twists our mind to believing that all this is just a, a fairy tale. Or if it's not even a fairy tale, it's something, it's something spiritual. It's something that, uh, that is out there that we just can't really understand, we can't really grasp, but we'll, we'll kind of you know, grab what we can in regards to Christ and his story. If you ask a question, you know, why are you a Christian? You, many people would come up with a whole bunch of different answers. You know, some people would say, well, because, you know, my family's a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home as a result of my family growing up in a Christian home. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian as well. Some other people might say, well, you know, I chose to be a Christian because, uh, because I looked at the, the, the Bible and understand the concepts of morality that it has to offer and the biblical principles that can give you life. I've grabbed a hold of Christianity in regards to that, in regards to the principles. We can evaluate our life, say, well, I'm a Christian because it, it's better for the family. It's better to raise your children up in a Christian home. Or I'm a Christian because it gives me a stronger relationship with my wife. I'm a Christian because there's a church in town that gives us fellowship. And I'm really connected to the church in town, and I'm, that's the reason why I'm a, a Christian. If I was connected over here, then yeah, I would be probably something else. But I'm connected to this church, therefore I'm a Christian. Why are you a Christian? There should only be one answer. Only one answer of why you should be a Christian or whether you are a Christian or not. You know what the answer is? Is that you believed it happened. That's it. You believed it happened. What happened? That God left heaven and he came to earth and he broke into history. You know, we spiritualize Christianity all the time. It's like, I can't understand it. It's too much. And, and I can't perceive it. And you can't really grasp it. It's like, God wants you to grasp it. And the reason why he wants you to grasp it, he's come to the point to say, I will come down in the form of a man so you can see exactly what I look like. It even says that in Hebrews that Jesus is the exact representation of his being and of his nature. You want to know what God looks like? Well, he's going to show us and the way he shows us is he comes into history. Comes into history. It happened. It happened. Now this threatens us. And the reason why it threatens us, because if it happened, you don't really get to argue about it. I mean, well, there's so many different religions. I don't know if this religion's right or that religion's right. Or, you know, it's like, well, they believe this. But no, you don't get to argue about it if it happened. Because everything in the Old Testament that pushed towards it is true if it happened. In other words, if it happened in history, whatever the Old Testament said about it, and then it happens, well, you kind of take that whole book of the law. You, you kind of take the whole Old, Old Testament. I was with somebody in my house just a, a couple days ago, and they said, you know, I don't even know if we, we believe in the faith anymore. In other words, we're, we're just, we're exploring to see if it fits me, you know, we don't, the Old Testament doesn't really fit me. Like, you know, I just don't get that. Maybe the New Testament, I could grab some principles here and there, but I don't even know if the Bible is necessarily, you know, true anymore. Well, 
the reason why God came to earth and broke into history is so we can read about it on earth in its clarity that it happened. But it also threatens everybody if it happened on earth. And how does it threaten everybody? Well, if it happened, then it means that all of us inside this church or outside this church are accountable to that king of kings and lord of lords if he broke into history. You know, other, no other religions say, yeah, they broke into history where it came down. It's often visions, it's often dreams, it's often spiritual experiences. It's often talking about stuff that we cannot grasp, but Christianity gets a little personal. How personal? It happened. And as a result of it happening, it looks all of us right in the face. And when it looks us right in the face, we might feel like, oh, no, I'm going to be accountable because God came to earth. So what we try to do is we try to stem up other things that uh, will make it go beyond our mind. I mean, evolution would be one thing. It goes beyond our mind. I mean, is evolution the existence of the world being 6,000 years old? No, it's billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions a year. Why is it so many years? So it will go far beyond your mind that you can't even conceive it anymore. So you can just accept it. So you can just... Accept it. But when you look back at history, look back at time, and it's being passed down from book to book to book to book to book to people to people, all the way through, nobody can deny the name of Jesus. And we either praise him or we swear by using his name because he carries that so much power. And he's the only one that carries that much power. Why? Because he's the only one that claims to be God, and it happened. He came to earth on the Christmas story. Number two, the Christmas story is not good advice. It's good news. The other way we can really mess up the Christmas story, or even the Bible, is we say the Bible is full of good advice. This is how you live. This is what you do. This is what it takes place. Yes, there's a lot of really great advice in there, but the Bible is not about good advice. The Bible is about good news, and the Christmas story proclaims that the Bible is about good news. What's advice? Advice is counsel about what you must do. News is a report of what has already been done. Advice is counsel on what you must do. News is a report on what's already been done. Advice urges you to make something happen. News urges you to recognize that something has already happened. Advice says it's all up to you. News says it's, it's all up to him. And so when you open the pages of the scripture, what is screaming out of the pages of the scripture is look at the news. It's like, I don't understand in regards to news and advice. Let me give you an example. Say there's an invading army that's coming after another country. What you need is you need advisors to break up your army and put them in different positions, in attack positions, to make sure that the other army is going to be defeated. So he'll pull flank over this direction here. He'll pull some people in the foxholes here. He will say other people in reserve over here. Those are on horses back there. So advisors will bring a whole bunch of advice to take place to position themselves to win the war. You know, that's what advisors are. In fact, the Greek word for advisors is angelo, which actually means 
It's angels. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll advise and put you together. But what about news? How do you look at that scenario? News is you have a king that has attacked the army and has annihilated everyone. Taking them all out. The victory is yours. Just follow him. <laughs> just, just, walk with, just walk with him. Just be connected to him. The fight's been fought. The battle's been won. And God says, walk with me. <laughs> just walk with me. This news carries the power to transform an individual. And the reason why it carries the power to transform an individual is because you're walking with the king. <laughs> and how can you not walk with the king who conquered the army without getting fueled, without getting set on fire, without getting excited, without having the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We often look at the Bible and say, what do I need to do? 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 We also could look at the Bible and say, what have God done? What has God done? What has God done? What has God done? And what am I connected to? What am I connected to? You've heard this probably many times before, but we know what we need to do. Just do. We know what we need to do in life. The problem is not that we don't know what we need to do. The problem is that we don't have the power to do it. The problem is that we don't have the power to do it. Well, where does the word come into this factor? The, where, the place where the word comes into this factor is that if you feed on the word and feed on what has already been done for you, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm igniting myself with the power to do what I need to do inside this relationship with God. So when you look at this story, this Christmas story, he broke into history to make it simple for us to understand, to make it something that our minds can grasp, to make it so we can see him face to face. And what I mean, see him face to face. What does the character of God look like? You're going to struggle trying to find all the nuances of the character of God in the Old Testament. You just are. I mean, yes, God displays his beauty. God displays his sovereignty. God explains his wrath. He explains his love and all those things in the Old Testament. But when you see a human being walk in human form, it's like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe I can understand it. Churches often think, well, we got to get really, really spiritual. I almost think the Bible is saying, and the Christmas story is saying it, I'm not trying to get really, really spiritual. I'm trying to get really, really simple. I left heaven. I came to earth. And I was a baby placed into a manger because there's no crib for them in the end. There's no room for them in the end. But don't whoa, whoa, whoa. say, that, that's, that's God. See, all of a sudden, this Christmas story turns a life to give us a revelation of what God's thinking, what's in his heart, what's in his mind, what's in his thoughts, what is his priorities. Number three, the Christmas story is not a fantasy. It is an underlining reality where all fantasies point. Again, I, I, rose, I raised two girls 
and they're 22 and 19 right now, but being three girls in the family and me, I watch a whole bunch of romance movies, you know, now instead of real movies, like real movies when somebody, you know, dies, you know, it's not a real movie unless somebody dies, they have to, to die if it's a, it's a real movie. It's a guy movie, we'll put it that way. But the other day, the girls were playing games downstairs. They had a whole bunch of other girls come over, so all the girls were downstairs, so they summoned me upstairs, and I'm like, okay, no, I'm gonna watch a movie. I never get to watch guy movies, so what do I do? I watch a movie that, that I usually just wouldn't choose. I was kind of bored, so I just kind of looked at the TV, and I chose... I don't even want to say this. Maybe this is a confession of my sins. I, I chose Batman. I've never watched Batman in my entire life. None of them. I mean, I hear there's a couple of them, but I've never watched, I never watched Batman in my entire life. And what did I watch? I watched, I watched Batman. And what was Batman about? Batman was about good versus evil. It was about darkness versus the light. It was about love versus hate. It was about death versus life. It was about Power versus sacrifice. All power comes in sacrifice, not in the strength of an arm. And then I, the last words of Batman was this. I want everybody to be good, even though that they are bad. Therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all the bad on me, and I will be the criminal so everybody else can look good. And then he disappears in the air as the criminal and, and, the, and the movie is over. I mean, what, what's that story about? I mean, let me, let me tell, you, tell you another story. I mean, here, here's another story. Somebody left outer space and came to earth for the direction and the power to conquer evil because he was good. He healed the sick. He calmed the storms. His face was just glowing when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And heaven opened up and God said, the creator of the universe said, this is my son who I am well pleased next to Moses and Elijah. He is the one that will defeat all the armies. But all of a sudden, the armies overtook him and then he got arrested and after he got arrested, he got whipped. And then he got put onto a cross and defeat completely marked his way where the whole world was then out of hope. And as the whole world being out of hope, he died there. They put him into the grave thinking evil has won. Three days later, <laughs> guess what? He rose again three days later and he conquered his enemy. And now he is alive in you to change the world for the glory of his name. What's that sound like? That sounds like Batman. I mean, I mean, where does Batman get their lines? They get their lines and their stories from all the other movies. I mean, just think about this. You know, rags to riches. You know, you got the supernatural. You got superpowers. You got people flying. You have winning against all odds. You have love that will last forever. You have all these themes running through Hollywood that Hollywood's making all these millions and millions and millions of dollars on. Where do they get the themes? The place they get the themes is in the Word of God. And the reason why it's in the, the, the people buy it, fantasy. The reason why people buy it is because it's so connected inside of our nature. And we so desperately know that we're rags. 
and God is riches. We so desperately know the fact that there's good versus, versus evil. We so desperately know that love will last forever because we all say it. I mean, I will love you forever. I mean, how many times have you heard that on TV? It's like, oh, there's a Christian again. No, it's not a Christian. That's just somebody stealing words from the Bible. It's like, no, it's not really forever. I mean, no, I'm, you know, I believe in reincarnation. It's not forever. I just said it's forever because it's really, really romantic and, and the, it sells. I mean, it sells. Of course, the reason why it sells is because it's inside of our nature. But is it fantasy they were hungry, hungry for? Or is it actually the fibers of reality? The Christmas story is not fantasy. It is the underlying reality where every single fantasy points. Every fantasy points where? To our greatest need, to win, to be loved forever, to observe the supernatural, to be connected with a king, to have life and life to its fullest. Deep in the human heart, there's a desire to escape from death. There's a desire for the supernatural, the desire of a love that never parts. There's an age that we can we'll be able to live forever to meet every single dream that we have. There's a desire to triumph over evil, a desire to communicate with somebody from outer space. Why are we so attracted to that? Because it's built inside of our nature. And when God left heaven and came to earth, he went into history. So we can see it 2,000 years ago. We can touch it so we can observe it, so we can look at it. We can be blown away with it. He's not trying to to give us advice. He's trying to give us this, this news that he came to save the world. That's what he's doing. I have come to save the world. And us here on this earth, knowing the world that we live in, does it just take a hold of our heart like a movie would take a hold of our heart? Does it just take a hold of our heart like Hollywood takes a hold of our heart? Does it take a hold of our heart like every Disney story out there take a hold of our heart? The theme that they're all using is the theme of the gospel. Rags to riches, death to life, lost to found, corrupt being washed completely clean, an object of wrath to be an object to, of the king of kings and, and lord of lords. Why is there so many joy in the songs for Christmas? Why is there so much celebration? Why are we so excited about Christmas taking place? The reason why we're so excited about Christmas taking place is because what we think and dream about and observe and think about as fantasy is reality in the word of God. One day you will fly. One day you will be washed. One day you will be clean. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. We're doing the Lord's Supper tonight. And as we're doing the Lord's Supper, I just want to encourage all of you guys to come forward. Just, just wait during the lines. You know, take your time as you come forward. Come as a couple. Come as an individual. Come as a family. Whatever you'd like to do. 
And as these lines kind of build up, just come into the tables, take the elements, the bread, and also the juice. There's also elements in the back, the bread and the juice in the back, so you can go back there or you can go up here. But come down for the good news <laughs> that every single movie is written about. Come down for the good news that your heart actually longs for. He was broken so I can live. He is a king who spilt his blood so I can be his son. I live forever as a result of this. If you know Jesus, come down and celebrate that. If you don't know Jesus, come find him right here at the table. God, I believe you died. I believe you rose. I believe you suffered. I believe you're killed and rose. You're the answer. And believe in him right here. I'd like to ask the worship team if they'd come forward. God, thank you that the Bible is not all about advice. Because God, we know ourselves, we know <laughs> that we can't complete our own goals that we put in place. We can't do the things we want to do, even if we have the desire to do them. God, it's just like we're incapable. Thank you, God, that it is good news. Good news to love, good news to celebrate, good news to hold on to, good news to grasp, good news to feed on, so we can change into your image, God. Thank you, God, for this news. And may we celebrate it tonight as we celebrate Christmas. In Christ's name, amen.